Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast, and thank you for being here. We've got uh, some interesting information to talk about today. It has been a little bit quiet out there. You know, after we've got uh, some of that debt ceiling deal done, we had some of these rate hikes, uh, you know, kind of getting baked in uh, to some extent. A little bit of those fears have been taken off the table. And uh, ultimately, a lot of those things that we were, we were really worried about in the past couple of weeks are uh, kind of settled down. So, um, you know, a lot of the earnings news is already done. A, a lot of the different things that were being reported on are kind of solved. But uh, yeah, we are churning. Eh, I'm churning a little bit higher. I guess overall, the market's kind of mixed. Uh, the Dow's up about 60 points. Uh, NASDAQ's down about 57. And the S&P is down only four. So um, overall, my portfolio is trending higher. The investing challenge portfolio also trending higher. We are actually in the green. Well, at least when I looked an hour ago, we were in the green. So could very well could be uh, red at the moment. But uh, anyhow, um, you know, some of the things that are moving up today, uh, let's take a look here for me. We've got uh, ChargePoint, SoFi, Palantir. Uh, Palantir's been on uh, an incredible tear here lately. I think we're up about, uh, I think it was about 140% year to date. So that one is definitely nice. Uh, Caterpillar still moving up another 3%. Uh, I think last week when I said I was going to add this one to the investing challenge, it was at 206, 207, and somehow now we're at 233 on Caterpillar. Uh, so we've got a lot of that industrial news kind of getting uh, you know, worked in there. Uh, a lot of people thinking there's going to be more mining, more building. So Caterpillar and some of the industrials have gone up. Uh, you know, Tesla, I am uh, seeing some gains on that one. Also, we are back up to 227 on Tesla. But uh, yeah, Palantir did, uh, you know, sell off a little bit yesterday. But like I said, it's uh, moving up higher today around three and a quarter percent. There's definitely some uh, government deals. Um, this one was actually announced uh, this morning. Let's take a look here. I know that Microsoft had some deals with getting AI into the government. I think Palantir was roped into this one some way, somehow. Uh, yes, it says they reached a deal to provide technology to Panasonic. Uh, the company said Wednesday, a multi-year agreement. Panasonic will use Palantir's foundry technology at a Nevada uh, factory in order to integrate sensors on factory lines to automate tasks and connect operations. Uh, so this one is separate of the government deal. This one is uh, strictly just with Panasonic, but uh, they are making more deals. Uh, as we said uh, earlier, when they did report, this was going to be, actually was their first profitable quarter and they are forecasting their first profitable year. Uh, Kathy Wood is actually loading up more on Palantir stock. Uh, so that is interesting to see. Uh, and it looks like this contract was valued at up to $463 million, And uh, it's introducing a new AI integration. So ultimately, we'll see what happens there. I know uh, Microsoft had some news come out with what they were doing with the government in the way of AI. Uh, I'll try to get that story here in a little bit. I'm uh, not finding it at first glance. But uh, I know that they were doing some stuff there as well. Uh, in the way of... 
uh, crypto, we are seeing some crypto uh, legislation uh, coming out in the U.S. that is ultimately uh, really going to see who's going to be uh, really having that oversight over uh, whether a, a, a different coin is a commodity or a security and uh, who's going to be overseeing those. So the, uh, the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, is ultimately going to be overseeing uh, ones that are going to be viewed as a security. And the ones that are going to be qualifying as a commodity would be overseen by the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, the CFTC. Uh, so we're uh, ultimately going to be you know, seeing what this ultimately means. But right now, when I'm looking at crypto, uh, we have traded down uh, a good bit here. Uh, we might be we're up a little bit on the day, but uh, Bitcoin has fallen from that 30,000 mark down to about 26, uh, 675 right now. And uh, over the last month, we're down about 5%. Uh, that is on Bitcoin. Ethereum is uh, trading at 1861. And uh, let's take a look at the last month on Ethereum also. I forget what we got to on the highs here. Uh, we're only down about 1.19% on Ethereum. So, uh, and again, you know, some of this is from the fact that uh, there is some legislation out there that there's going to be some government oversight on what we can do with these coins. And uh, some of it's also the fact that, hey, the NASDAQ's been running. I'm going to take some money out of crypto. I'm going to throw it in the NASDAQ because uh, uh, I see better potential there. So, we've definitely got to take a look at that when we are looking at our investing. As I said last time, you know, nothing is. Uh, operates in a vacuum. You know, Palantir doesn't uh, simply just trade based off of Palantir. It trades off of what others in AI are doing or what others uh, are getting out of. And maybe they're rotating back into some growth names. So definitely take a look at that when you are looking to do your investing. Uh, you know, th there's been a lot of talk about momentum names right now. And sometimes you might not understand what that means if you're kind of new to the market. But uh, right now, that momentum has been uh, very narrow in what stocks are moving up. And a lot of those names that have been moving up are in that technology space. They are in that AI realm. Uh, so if there is a growth stock that's smaller, but uh, they are really tied to AI, that has been a, uh, a stock that has a lot of momentum behind it right now, simply for the fact that earnings season was dominated by the, the phrase AI, artificial intelligence. And um, you just can't really seem to go wrong at the moment. So for me, these stocks uh, are definitely volatile. Uh, you're kind of playing with fire with them. I'm in a, a fair amount of them. Uh, you know, like I've said before, Palantir, Nvidia. Uh, you know, some of the different chip makers, some of the different technology companies. Uh, I'm in a lot of those. But um, you'd certainly want to look at what these valuations are before investing in them. So if the price to sales is getting too high based upon their uh, historical valuation. If their PE ratio is getting too high, uh, understand that uh, these things might not last forever. This might be coming back down and there might be a better time to get a better entry point. Now, if it's something that uh, you are just you know dead set on having in your portfolio, you want to add more Microsoft, they're doing everything that you want to see a company be doing, uh, you know, certainly take a look at your options and uh, you know try to get in. Uh, a little bit at a time. I, I would rather see you do that and uh, have a calculated approach rather than dumping, you know, 10, 20 grand all into one name at uh, one time if that is your full position. If you're thinking, man, I've got all this money, I just had a, a settlement or I just inherited a bunch of money, I won the lottery 
and you want to go uh, invest a little bit heavier in some names, uh, you know, I would still say dollar cost average in, but uh, you know, your target for how much you might want to have in any given name might be, uh, you know, higher. I'm I'm not sure how much you guys are investing. So uh, it might be a thousand dollars, it might be a hundred thousand dollars. So take that with a grain of salt as to how much you're putting in. I like to think of the amount of money that I want to put in for a total market value in a name like Microsoft. And just for uh, argument's sake, let's say that is uh, $10,000. I would like to see, um, you know, maybe a quarter of it go in every quarter. Maybe that's a good way to look at it. So $2,500 every three months. Uh, and that way you're going to buy some of the peaks, some of the valleys. You're going to get some skin in the game. And, uh, you know, if it goes up, you know, that $2,500 is now $3,000. But if it goes down, you already know that in three months you're buying, uh, you know, $2,500 more. So you're going to average out over time. And uh, that is a way to kind of limit the ups and the downs of what the market is going to do. Because as we know, um, like I said, nothing operates in a vacuum. And these stocks are going to fluctuate over time. And, uh, you know, like we saw at the end of last year, maybe the technology stocks aren't working. Maybe there's another better value out there and another name you haven't even considered. But uh, the only thing on the top of your mind is AI or computers, technology. And hey, there's a better healthcare company that, or pharmaceutical company that you haven't even looked at. Uh, so I, that's definitely something that uh, is very important to me when I'm looking at uh, what stocks to buy right now. You know, there's tons of them out there which one's the best one to buy right now. And uh, I, I definitely think that there is a uh, a balanced approach, right? We talk about a barbell approach a lot of times. You got growth on one side, you got value on the other, and you kind of want to make that balance out. So sometimes you're going to buy things that are undervalued in that, uh, in that value side of things. And other times you're going to be looking to invest your money into growth. Sometimes you want both. So you, you do uh, uh, a mixture of things at the same time. And uh, you simply try to div uh, diversify your dollars as to what's going to be a safe balance for me, what kind of risk tolerance do I want, and ultimately, where do I want my portfolio to get to? Uh, you know, some people just simply want to live comfortably. They want to live off the dividends in 30 years, right? We don't need to make, uh, you know, 10x uh, by next weekend. But uh, we would like to see it get to a point where we can live off the money that we're investing now in that 30-year timeline or in a 15, 20-year timeline. So uh, there's no competition out there. It's simply you trying to do the best for you and your family. Um, you know, Everyone's got a different end goal is really my point there. Someone could be doing better. Uh, they probably are. And you really just got to keep an eye out for yourself as to what's going to be the best fit uh, of a mixture of stocks right now for you, those basket that uh, you really want to see do better over time. But um, yeah, so in that saying that, uh, you know, there's this crypto legislation coming out, uh, I did want to say that uh, Jim Cramer came out and said, hey, crypto is, uh, I think he called it poppycock was his, uh, his phrase there. Let me, uh, let me see if I can go ahead and find what he said verbatim, so I'm not guessing at it. Uh, but uh, so we've got uh, Cramer saying that uh, a lot of it is uh, just a gamble. Uh, he said, Cryptocurrencies are primarily scams. He described crypto platforms as poppycock and said that if you still have your money locked in with them, you are just a fool. Uh, so there, there's definitely some truth and some false to that. Uh, I definitely think that the larger coins are going to 
be around for a long time. Uh, you know, they've got, you know, what, a trillion dollar market cap anymore. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm guessing it's around there. But uh, there are going to be some that I don't think are investable. There's, uh, you know, uh, a new coin coming up every day. I'm sure if I go on the crypto.com app right now, the uh, the highest one with the, the most growth is something I've never heard of. That's how it always looks when I sign into my crypto account. And uh, right now, the one with 22% gain on the day is a radical, uh, R-A-D-I-C-L-E. I've never even heard of it. And, uh, you know, it's up 21% to $2. Uh, there's uh, Stella, Livepeer, Lisk, Songbird, Stacks. Uh, I don't, I don't really know any of these. Uh, I mean, I've heard of Luna, but uh, these other ones I don't really follow. Uh, so, if there's a reason that you want to get into them, and uh, you know someone's, you know, pumping them up, I would definitely uh, approach with some caution. Understand that, uh, you know, they're very volatile. Even the larger coins can can definitely have those massive movements, massive swings. And uh, you really don't want to get caught holding the bag on some coin that uh, you know a couple of YouTubers are pumping up and ultimately they're going to sell out of after they double or triple their money or whatever their game plan is. So definitely take that into account with uh, with your money. You know, I don't want to see you guys get burnt by some uh, pump and dump scheme that's out there. But uh, at the same time, you know, some of these uh, these platforms, uh, you know, there's certainly been been, been fraudulent platforms out there. There's people that have uh, lost coins, lost money. And, uh, you know, you can definitely do the cold storage, keep your coins on a, uh, a USB hard drive type thing uh, that's locked up. And then, you know, you keep your keys and, you know, I would probably lock it up in a safe or uh, somewhere that is uh, not going to be easily accessed by anyone. And uh, that is definitely a way to keep your coins a little bit safer. Um, you know, you could still lose that hard drive. You could still lose your keys. So it's uh, definitely something where there there is some risk there. It's kind of like keeping cash, uh, you know, kind of similar, uh, maybe a little bit more difficult uh, with, you know, keeping your keys and all. But um, that is an option. So you don't simply have to keep it uh, on a hot wallet on a crypto platform. You can take it off. There are a couple uh, that I feel safer with, but, um, you know, and it's definitely how much research do you want to do into this one? I, I've got the feeling that if they have staking that uh, seems unreasonable, uh, you know, they're promising you the sun, moon and stars. It's probably uh, a scam. It's probably some sort of garbage. And I don't know that I want to uh, endorse any of those. But um, yeah, so that's my two cents there. But on the on the flip side of this, all this Jim Cramer news, and I'm sure a lot of people heard that he's selling it, so they're buying it. Uh, I definitely see that a lot. Uh, as I said earlier, Kathy Wood in the ARK Invest goes out and buys Coinbase heavily. So uh, they, I, I'm not sure the exact amount, but I know that they were going out and buying uh, the ticker COIN heavily right now. Uh, and uh, Coinbase is up about 2.4% right now. About $52.84. I think they IPO'd, uh, what, somewhere around, um, was it 300, 275? I'm trying to get this uh, this chart, but I'm having a hard time seeing when they uh, when they went public. Uh, I believe that was, uh, what, right around 21, 2021, end of 20. And uh, this one was definitely a hot name at the time with so many people interested in crypto. And uh, some people said, hey, if you can get this thing under 350, go for it. It's a, it's a foolproof best stock to get. 
And uh, I mean, as I said, it's down to $52 now. So it's certainly been hurt with all those other growth names. Uh, it was overhyped. The The beta on it is a three. Uh, so it is a heck of a lot more volatile than any other S&P 500 name that the average is going to be about a one. Uh, so definitely take that into account when you are looking into some of these names that beta will show you how much uh, volatility is in the name. Uh, their earnings per share is uh, minus $10. So it's not one that I'm uh, really itching to get into. I would rather hold the coins myself, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum. I'm still not looking at uh, a ton of other coins right now. Those are kind of the, the two big ones that I hold. And uh, I'm comfortable with those. So, um, you know, definitely assess your risk tolerance. Understand how much you have in any one investment. Uh, I've said it plenty of times before. Um, you know, 10% in crypto is probably a lot for uh, a good majority of people. I probably have around that uh, 7 to 9% right now. But, uh, you know, that kind of fluctuates based on market value and how well the market's doing as far as stocks versus crypto. And that uh, it has gone up to about 12, 13, 14% in the past. Uh, but now with uh, crypto coming down and the market going up, it is uh, a bit smaller in comparison. But um, I'm comfortable with that. And uh, I know the risks. And, uh, you know, if Bitcoin goes to 100,000 tomorrow, I'd probably go ahead and sell a good uh, portion of it. Uh, at, at least a piece in order to uh, to get some cash, raise some cash and and deploy it other places that I see more fitting. Uh, so that's uh, that's kind of what I got there. We've got uh, Kathy Wood going out and buying Coinbase. Jim Cramer saying, hey, don't mess with it. Uh, I would say that Coinbase is probably one of your safer ones. They are going to have that oversight of the SEC looking into what they're doing, making sure that uh, their accounting is all legit. And uh you know, not to say that they can't get hacked, but anyone can get hacked at any given point in time. So, uh, but as far as the exchange itself, I think they are going to be one of the more legit names uh, that is out there simply because they have a lot more oversight into what their day-to-day -day operations look like. Uh, so that being said, I don't use Coinbase. I do use crypto.com. I do use Binance. I do have links in the description for both, but I wouldn't blame you for trying Coinbase out and seeing your different options that are out there. But uh, yeah, going forward, um, you know, because we have a little bit more time today, I wanted to talk a little bit more about dividend growth investing. Uh, and this one, I, I know a lot of people think, hey, yeah, dividends are, you know, boring, boring old stocks. Um, but sometimes boring's all right. You know, I, I definitely think that uh, a lot of people view dividend stocks as, hey, I'm about to retire. I need dividends, right? But uh, for me, um, I'm looking at stocks that uh, might not pay that much in the way of dividends right now, but they are continuously growing that dividend. So uh, dividend growth investing or DGI is another uh, segment of investing that uh, might get overlooked a lot of times. So a lot of these names are going to fly under the radar and you might not even think of them as dividend companies. But um I'm looking for names that are going to grow in share price, grow in, you know, in the profits, in the business side of things, but they also are looking to reward their investors through uh, paying larger dividends consecutively year over year. So you can go on, uh, I'm actually on dividend.com right now, and this is a, a good way to uh, take a look at what companies have been paying dividends or raising dividends for a significant amount of time. 
And um, uh, I'm trying to, to navigate through here at the same time. So, um, But also see where your money can be invested to get you that growth, but also get you rising dividends. Uh, so, you know, one that uh, just kind of popped up right now. And um, are we, I think we're looking at it's actually, no, I just bought Visa for the uh, the investing challenge. That's right. Uh, last, uh, actually yesterday, yeah, I bought the Visa ticker V for the investing challenge. Um, so I put uh, $200 worth into the Webull account. There is a link in the description for that uh, for week 23. And now we are on week 24. So, um, so I'm looking at MasterCard, right? So that's uh, where the confusion came in. I forgot if it was Visa or MasterCard. And yes, I know I bought it yesterday or no, two days ago. But uh, MasterCard only pays a 0.6% dividend yield. But uh, at the same time, um, right now, there's been 11 straight years of dividend increases. And the five-year average is a 9.63 dividend raise. Last year, they raised about 10.3%. And uh, it's a company that um, has a very low payout ratio as well. That is a 15.6% dividend or uh, payout ratio on their dividend. So they have a lot more room to go up and pay more dividends. Uh, and they've shown a, um, you know, trying to reward investors for investing in this company for the long term. So sometimes, uh, you know, uh, on a stock like this, I think the rule of uh, seven says that this should double in about seven years from that nine to 10% uh dividend growth rate. So the dividend should double in about seven years if they continue with this uh, around 10% uh, dividend payout uh, in increase there. So uh, that is definitely something I like to see. So you know, you might have a lower cost basis. This thing is going to continue to grow in my humble opinion. That's not investing advice. That's just my opinion here. But uh, you're also going to get a stock that has been rewarding investors by paying out a larger dividend every year uh, for 11 years. Anyhow, you can take a look on here and see oh, just what companies are, uh, are really paying out more, how long they've been paying. And uh, yes, there's a list of dividend aristocrats that have been paying for or, or raising for more than 25 years, I believe it is. Uh, dividend Kings, I believe is 50 years. And uh, there, there's all different ways to invest in these. Uh, I know there's an ETF called Noble, N-O-B-L, and uh, that one does go after buying the dividend kings, the dividend aristocrats, in order to get you a, uh, a larger dividend payment every year based on uh, the stocks that are invested into this ETF. And uh, when I look at this one, let's see if I can't pull this up. Uh, the portfolio here on Noble, it's a ProShares S&P 500 dividend aristocrat ETF. Uh, the top 10 names... Uh, Albemarle, which is a lithium company, Pentair, PLC, uh, Essex Property Trust, S&P Global uh, Incorporated, Cardinal Health, uh, IBM, Cintas, uh, Echolab, uh, Brown & Brown, and Nordson Corp, which I don't know who Nordson Corp is. But uh, again, these are going to be names that are going to be uh, raising their dividends continuously. And uh, you can kind of count on this one to get some share price growth get some uh, growth as well on that uh, that dividend. When I'm looking at the performance here of Noble, uh, the growth of $10,000 uh, over the past 10 years would have gotten you about 24952 Simply if you put in 10 grand uh, back in 2013, 
and uh, let it run until now. Uh, so I don't know if that includes the uh, the dividends reinvested. I'm going to guess that it does. Uh, I'm not 100% certain about that. But anyhow, you're you know over doubling your investment simply in 10 years by investing into something like this, uh, which I'm sure there's there's other things out there that are going to grow faster, but you're not going to have that dividend income that uh, that these are going to generate. Uh, so simply looking at QQQ, uh, which is that Nasdaq uh, ETF, if you would have invested ten thousand dollars in that in 2013. Uh, you'd be sitting at $52,000 and 52073. So, uh yes, you know, there's going to be other portfolios that are going to return more uh at least in the in this 10-year period here, Invesco QQQ would have returned more. Uh Noble would have returned less, but uh again, having a balanced approach and maybe having QQQ and Noble would give you those dividends and the growth. So, um again, that's just just a uh, kind of one way you could go about investing in uh you know Nasdaq to have that uh, that growth and that barbell uh, approach on value by simply buying uh the Noble ETF. But um uh, when you're uh on this uh this dividend.com if you uh, do take a look you can certainly take a look at the the names that make sense to you. I don't I don't think all of them are going to make sense. There's there's certainly ones that uh for me they don't offer enough uh price upside or they aren't paying enough of a dividend or raising enough for me to really think that, hey, these are going to get me to where I want to be. Or it's simply just not a company that I really look to uh, really invest in. So, um, and some of those, actually, this list is pretty strong right now, uh, the way I've got it filtered out. They keep pom popping up with some uh, different ads for other funds, though. Uh, so, yeah, this one, I, I guess I've got to be on some. Uh, some aristocrats here at this point. We've got uh, United Health, Visa, ExxonMobil, Eli Lilly, J.P. Morgan, Johnson and Johnson, Walmart. You know, so there's there's a lot of solid names on here. Uh, these actually, I think I'm on the overview page now, so it kind of kicked me back to the to the start of here. But there's definitely ways to filter out for names that make sense to you, uh, get you that growth, and you know maybe. Uh, can find some things that uh, would work well for your portfolio. I don't think all of them are going to work for you. Uh, you know, NVIDIA is one of the top ones on here right now, but it pays 0.04% in the way of a dividend. But, uh, and, the, and the fact that it's run up so much so fast, uh, it's up 164.5% year to date. Um, glad to say that we did take advantage of buying NVIDIA on that dip uh, through the investing challenge. It also in my uh, in my personal accounts as well. So definitely like that we bought, uh, bought that one, but I bought that as a growth stock, not as a dividend stock, because that uh, that point zero four percent would uh, really mean nothing in the amount that I was buying. But um, very low payout ratio on Nvidia, only one point six one percent. But at point zero four percent of a dividend yield, uh, I guess that is to be expected. Um, Years of dividend increase on NVIDIA, zero. But uh, yeah, so definitely take a look on here. You can certainly kind of filter out to see what those um, some of those stocks on that Noble ETF include. You can do a little bit more research yourself and say, hey, maybe I just want to buy 10 individual uh, dividend stocks that I think are going to have that share price appreciation and the uh, the dividend growth appreciation. Uh, so if you see a CAGR, the compound annual growth rate, 
that will be the uh, average over whatever time period they are looking at. Maybe it's five or 10 years. And you can say, hey, yeah, they've increased uh, 14% on average over the past five years. Uh, it's a great company. I like the the business that they're in. I want to you know, put that one on a watch list as stocks that I want to buy instead of buying Noble or buying that ETF that has some names that maybe are overvalued right now. Maybe you can, uh, you know, kind of sift through and find the names that really make sense for right now. They're undervalued compared to their historical PE. They're undervalued on price to sales. They haven't had the run that some of these other tech names have had. And, uh, you know, really go through with the fine tooth comb and find names you know, using some different resources like dividend.com. Uh, I think Seeking Alpha does a pretty good job of it too. Uh, and really pick the names that work well simply for, for your investing style, your risk tolerance, uh, you know, your timeline, how far out you're going to want to to maybe sell these stocks. Or if you just simply want to sit back and let them pay you dividends for the next 30 years or whatever, it, you know, really works for you. So, that's what I've got there. I'm going to take a quick, quick break and we'll be right back to talk about the investing challenge. So stick around. All right. We are back here on the podcast and uh, thank you guys for being here. We've got uh, some links in the description to help get you going. We've got uh, crypto.com, Binance, uh, Webull, where we're doing our investing challenge for 2023. And uh, which one did I not say? Um, E-Trade, that's the one. Uh, E-Trade's where I do the majority of my investing with uh, my brokerage, uh, custodial accounts for my kids, and uh, my IRA is over there as well. So uh, I've got links in the description for those. There's some different offers to get you going uh, with some really nice uh, incentives from Webull to get up to, uh, I believe it's 20 fractional shares. When you uh, simply open an account, you will get some free shares. Uh, and I believe they are giving away some shares of Apple uh, for starting an account right now as well. That was, those are randomly selected, whether you get one or not. But um, I think when I started, I got like $25 or $30 worth of uh, shares for simply uh, opening an account and putting in a buck. So uh, it's free money. But um, you know, let's, uh, let's take a look at what the Webull account is actually doing right now, because I, I said earlier that it is, uh, it is positive, or it was positive. And yeah, we are up Oh uh, man, we're, we're hanging on to the green 0.68% in the green. But uh, yeah, we started this one back in 2022. And that was a rough year for investing. Uh, we made some good picks, but we also made some ones that uh, didn't really uh, pan out too well. So some of those that uh, didn't pan out too well, we've got uh, the Honest Company. That one was brutal. Uh, Plug Power's down. Even Walgreens somehow is down 35%, which I would... Uh, I would think maybe to, to dig into that one a little bit more and see if that might not be worth investing into going forward. Uh, Shopify is down. Uh, Ethereum from when we bought it is down about 16%. But uh, on the flip side, we've got uh, got names that have done pretty, pretty solid here at the moment. We've got uh, Amazon up 25%, Tesla up 20%, uh, Google 17%, Microsoft 24%, Broadcom 46%, Starbucks 20%. AMD 37. So we've definitely got some winners. Uh, you know, the list keeps going on the green ones there for a while. It was, uh, it was really hit or miss whether we had any names that were in the green. So, uh, uh, even PayPal that we added to, uh, what two weeks ago, that's up 6%. So I'm definitely, uh, definitely happy with that return so far. I do think that PayPal was a solid buy when we purchased it. 
Uh, man, that one has been treating me rough in the brokerage for quite some time, but uh, it's nice to see a little bit of green, at least in the the Weeble portfolio for um, for PayPal. But um, yeah, so uh, like I said before, we did go ahead and purchase Visa for the investing challenge. Uh, I believe we've actually purchased this one three times for the investing challenge, looking at the uh, the market value. It looks like uh, $596 is currently in there, uh, which means we bought it at uh, $600 worth, which is three uh, three purchases around here. So we are down about $3.59. Um, you know, we're very close to the, the cost basis here, but I do think that the, this one has yet to really run. Uh, I do believe that we should have some some brighter days ahead for Visa. So uh, I'm comfortable with that purchase. And uh, like I said, the margins are great on that business. And I do think that it's one that is going to really stand the test of time. So uh, thank you guys for voting for that one. And uh, for this week, for week uh, 24, we do have five different names. And um, we're going to run through the list. And I also want to take a look here on uh, dividend.com and see what they say. Uh, I talked to you about some of the the valuations last time compared to their historical when it comes to PE and price to sales, some of those different metrics that we look at. But uh, I figured I'd take a look here on dividend.com and see what they have to say. Uh, and the first one that I had pulled up uh, in, in no particular order just happened to be Nike. Uh, so some of these aren't going to be paying a dividend, but I'm still going to pull it up through here and see what they say. Uh, so Nike is currently sitting at a, uh, a dividend yield of 1.27%. Uh, the consumer discretionary average yield is 1.89. So it's a little low on the uh, in the sector for how much they're paying out, but they have been raising this dividend in, uh, continuously for 21 years. So that is definitely nice to see when I'm looking at a company like this. They have had a pretty solid performance as well at the same time. So uh, if I'm looking over, I'll swing back over to E-Trade and see what they're saying about Nike over a five-year run. Uh, I'm not seeing it on Dividend.com, so I'm going to take a quick look here and see if I can't pull up maybe where they were like five years ago to see uh, the, the stock price appreciation. So they were in the low 80s five years ago. They did get up to about uh, probably around 170 uh, in 2021. And now they're sitting back at uh, 107. So it has had some price appreciation, uh, albeit not as good as what it would have been uh, if we would have looked at this chart maybe two years ago. We would have been over doubled right now. We're, uh, you know, what about uh, it's maybe 25% higher from uh, 2018. But uh, like I said, they have raised this dividend for, for 21 years. And uh, I do believe it's a company that uh, has a uh, a good track record. They had some political problems, but I think we got past that. They had those inventory problems. I think we've we've gotten past that as well. So it's definitely a company that I am interested in. It's not one that I currently have a position in. Uh, I don't think we purchased this one for the investing challenge before. Maybe we have. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's Nike kind of in a nutshell. I'm, I definitely like the fact that it is a, uh, a dividend payer and it continues to uh, to raise those dividends for the uh, the people that are um, holding this stock. And, you know, I guess I need to pay for, for this if I want more information. And I was looking for uh, the amount of increases, and I'm sure I can pull it up on here somehow, but uh, right now I don't see a way to do that. Um, 
Oh, they do give ratings. Dividend safety on on uh, Nike is an A plus. Twenty one years of consecutive increases. Yield attractiveness one point two six for dividend yield, which is in the bottom fiftieth percentile. Uh, so they give that a D. Uh, on return risk, they say uh, A plus one point two percent short interest. So low controversy. Uh, more short interest means more people are betting for that stock to go down. Uh, there's very low percent of short interest on this stock. When you get up to that 15, 20%, that is definitely higher, uh, more worrisome short interest to really take note of, but 1.2% 1 1 is really nothing. Uh, and they do say re returns potential. They give that an A also. So 10% dividend CAGR, that compound uh, average growth rate over the last three years, which is in the top 40%. So that is nice to see. I was definitely looking for that on here as well. So uh, Nike, that is, uh, it's actually number three, but I'm presenting it as number one for the week. So uh, that one is checked off the list here. Number two. Number two is going to be Rio Tinto, which is a RIO. That is the, uh, the ticker here. And uh, currently this one is sitting at a 7% dividend uh, yield. Uh, their payout ratio is significantly higher, but uh, you normally see that with these, these high yielding uh, companies, especially ones that are in like the commodities market. Uh, they're going to pay out more in that uh, that dividend, and uh, that's going to be how they are going to return to their investors. So it might not be the biggest upside appreciation on the stock, but uh, like I said, this one is a payout ratio of 66%. Uh, year of dividend increases. Zero. I talked about that when we were looking at this one last time. It is a variable rate dividend. So you're not always going to get a higher dividend. You're going to get a, a company that is really fluctuating with the commodities market. So it might be 7% right now, but they might cut this dividend uh, next quarter or in, in a couple quarters. So if you're looking to simply get into this one for the dividend, that does make it a little bit tougher. Um, especially if you're nearing that retirement age, you can get some good dividends off of it, but the market has to really cooperate. So that is something to take into consideration if you're looking to buy into one of these stocks that uh, is a higher dividend payer. How long have they been raising the rates? And uh, can I count on this if I am closer to retirement age? Uh, their dividend frequency is semi-annually, which is... Uh, a little less common than uh, the the quarterly payers or even the monthly payers. Semi-annually is a, a little rare. Uh, the materials average yield is two point eight percent, so they do pay more than the other stocks in the uh, in that sector. But understand that this one could go down as well. Uh, so they did cut their dividend thirty six percent for the. The next payout, so it is going to be down to two dollars and twenty-five cents. Uh, so the the payment is going to be cut substantially from the how much are they paying out right now? Uh, Four dollars and fifty cents currently. So that is going to be uh, the the payment's going to be about cut in half. So that is definitely something to uh, take a look at. the uh, The ratings for RIO uh, it just has question marks across the board for dividend safety. Uh, forward dividend yield, returns risk, and the returns potential. But uh, understand that the reason I was looking to get into this one is uh, the fact that more people are looking to build. They are going to be a miner of uh, steel, iron ore, 
copper, a, a lot of different things that go into building. They are going to be in that lithium exploration space as well. So I thought that they could have good potential to see some stock price gains and also get the the yield going forward. Albeit this uh, this yield will be cut by the time they go to pay out for uh, the the next uh, payout cycle. Now number three, uh, I'm gonna pull up Disney. I'm gonna see what they say going forward. Maybe they have some insight as to whether Disney's gonna start this uh, uh, this yield back up. And uh, it does not say that they have any knowledge on that, but they're they're currently not paying a dividend. That is uh, that is one thing here with Disney. They were also a semi annual payer, which, as I said, was rare. But uh, two of them made it into uh, this week. Uh, the last time they paid a dividend was in 2020, so they have cut it, and we are waiting to see what management does about restarting this dividend. And uh, really going ahead and getting some other people back on board to invest in uh, in Disney for the fact that they are able to pay a dividend to their investors. So uh, I've talked about the problems with streaming and the fact that they're looking to uh, really cut the the areas that they're not making money. They don't really want to have any major losses in streaming. They want to make it uh, feasible for them to operate uh, in that segment and. Uh, you know, really not just rely on the park side of the business to really keep the company afloat. Uh, parks and uh, the actual movies and theaters has been their their bread and butter. Uh, the streaming has been kind of a uh, a loss uh, to get people back in the door uh, and really be you know focusing on that content creation. But it has been a rough part of the business for them uh, in the past couple years here since they started. Uh, number four is going to be Palo Alto Networks, and uh, that is also going to be a non-dividend payer. Uh, so there's really no in, uh, insight here from Dividend.com. But uh, my thought with Palo Alto was the fact that, uh, uh, well, one, they were getting brought into the S&P 500. That was reason number one for this week to have them brought into uh, the investing challenge conversation. Uh, but they're going to be doing a lot of uh, you know uh, cybersecurity and getting things all in one network for people to operate across. Uh, so a lot of different safety that's out there from Palo Alto. Uh, they have had a, a heck of a run here uh, over the past five years. This one has uh, tripled since uh, since July of 2018. They were under $70 and now they're sitting at $220. Uh, so it is one that uh, is a very stretched PE. It's at a 352. Uh, but uh, it is in that growth kind of category of stocks. The EPS uh, earnings per share is is low at eight cents, but um, it is a company that is growing into this valuation. They are still on that track for growth, and uh, I, I think we're we're going to see this one continue to go up as all the signs of AI technology, everything that they are going to be doing, and all the security is going to continue to churn higher. Uh, I do feel safe that uh, that Palo Alto will continue to move up as uh, more opportunities present themselves for this company. So that is number four for the week. Now, number five is going to be uh, GM, General Motors. And uh, I'm going to swap back over to Dividend.com and see what they got to say here on, uh, on GM. Uh, their payout ratio is remarkably low at 5.78%. A year of dividend increases is zero. They are a quarterly payer, and uh, we are paying about one percent, about thirty-six cents per share, on their uh, share price of thirty-six dollars and thirty-one cents. 
Uh, so we've got uh, dividend safety, A plus, $45.9 billion large cap. Uh, so they say that this one is a very safe dividend payer, even though they have only uh, been raised or they haven't even raised for one year. So I, I guess they're still saying that the dividend is safe. Dividend attractiveness also gets a D. So it's a 1.05% forward dividend yield, bottom 50%. Returns risk of an A+. Plus. 20 estimates from sell-side analysts and extensive coverage uh, on this one say that uh, we're going to see some, some positive returns here going forward. Returns potential is an A. 40% price target upside from sell-side analysts. And that is in the top 40% as well. So... Um, that's the five I got for you guys this week. I'm, I'm looking at GM for, for the EV potential, uh, CEO, uh, Mary Barra said that this is a, a, uh, a definite opportunity over the next 10 years for them to really, uh, grow into this space. And, uh, I do think that they will, uh, really start to, to get into this market as well. Uh, you guys know that Tesla is still my, my EV pick, but, uh, I wanted to open it up to Ford last week and GM this week to see, what your guys' thoughts were with other uh, EV makers and really the the growth that they can get into by getting into some of these segments. So, but that again, that's the five. I've got uh, Rio Tinto, uh, we've got Disney, we've got Nike, Palo Alto Networks, and GM. Uh, so please get over to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook and get your votes in because I want to know which one you think we should be buying for next week. And uh, with that being said, that's all I've got uh, for you today. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.